Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Matt, may we start? I was going to say the same thing. We may. May we start? Uh, we Today we are reviewing Leo Carax's Annette, starring Adam Driver, Marion Cotillard, uh, Simon Helberg, um, uh, Russ Mail, Ron Mail. Leo Carrack shows up, but I mean, they're kind of in weird, they're not really in the movie. I just said that, but in many more, Eric, how you doing? Matt, should we sing through this entire review or what? No, I think we should spare, <laughs> spare who's everyone? ever listening yeah. to this, uh, their hearing and their love of music and, uh, voices, uh, in general, because if we were to sing through this, like this movie is a sung through musical, uh, for the most part, um, we would probably uh, lose whatever f- fans or uh, <laughs> listeners. listeners we have. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I feel that. I feel that. I feel that. So we will spare everyone and not do that. Um, Eric, this movie appears on our most anticipated films. Yep. Of it sure does. Both last year and this year, I believe 2020 and 2021, wasn't it? Yep. And it so. has taken Leos Carax 10 years to put together a project that he felt fitting to go and shoot and, and, and sort of be his next movie following up the great, uh, Holy Motors, which for a lot of people is a gateway film to his career overall. Um, a lot of people that maybe hadn't seen uh, Boy Meets Girl or Mavis's Song or The Lovers on the Bridge or Pola uh, X um, were introduced to Leos Carax's I would say uh, I'm one of those worlds and and sort of his style in Holy Motors, which is a great kind of um, sort of amalgamation of everything that he's done kind of put into one movie that breaks the fourth wall and uses, you know, one of his most uh, common or, or, or recurring actors throughout his entire career with the great uh, uh, Denny Levant, you know, in multiple roles playing multiple parts. Um, that movie, you know, not only inspired so many of us and, 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 and made us enthusiastic for, for what could be presented on the screen, you know, to quote one of the characters, it was so weird, uh, and, and wonderful. And so we've been waiting with bated breath for 11, almost 11 years now, uh, for, for something right. from him, you know, and, and, and some was people were nine so- years. Was that 2012? Uh, 2011 was when it was, wasn't it 2011 or was it 2012? 2012, 12, 12. Yeah. Okay, so 2012. So we've been waiting almost a decade for, you know, that follow-up. And there were rumors that he was basically retired at this point. And, you know, beggars can't be choosers. But Annette has the makings of something special with the combination and collaboration of Leos Carax and Ron and Russell Mayle. Um, you have actors like Adam Driver and Marion Cotillard in the leads. You have an eccentric sort of juxtaposition of LA, but through a, a European landscape that is also an artifice that is playing into, you know, classic sort of theater adaptations in a weird way. And it's also kind of making fun at celebrity and showbiz culture. Um, all of these things put together 
should have made for something really, really special. And Matt, I wanted to love this movie so much. I I even rewatched a couple of scenes after watching the movie just to see if like maybe there was something there that I missed. Yeah, maybe not in the right state of mind or anything. Or, yeah. Exactly. And even though I love everybody involved in this production, I just felt that it didn't it didn't click. And I I hate having yeah, that reaction yeah yeah um and and but sometimes that happens man you know a, a movie that you're really looking forward to and have high expectations for and it just doesn't quite you know hit the mark especially you know I, it was so interesting too because we watched the sparks brothers edgar wright's uh, documentary on sparks earlier this year i i have no frame of reference of sparks at all maybe i heard some of their music i'm just not a music guy um and Leo Carax as well, like Holy Motors is his only film that I've ever seen. And I, I, I've watched it the one time at Lightbox with you nine yeah. years ago. And, um, you know, I, but I was still, you know, eagerly anticipating this movie as well, just because like, I was like, oh, I loved Holy Motors so much. Uh, it was, you know, that right amount of weird that just hit that kind of spot for me for being, you know, a great entry level Leo Carax movie, but then made me go, you know, I anything he does in the future, I will be looking forward to. So I came at it from a different angle, like not being a, you know, a huge sparks fan and really only seeing Holy motors. Um, so it's, it's funny. Cause I think I have a slightly different perspective and I ultimately like, I'm not over the moon about the movie, but like, I, I still thoroughly enjoyed it. So it's just, it, it's so interesting to me, uh, the two different perspectives we have, or I don't think we're like, that far off because i think we'll we'll agree on some things but um it is a bummer when you know you're looking for it's so many good people that are involved in it that you really love and then when you see the final product it just doesn't click and and that happens and it's not to say that like the thing i do admire about this movie still is the ambition and that they tried like this is a movie that is so hard to make and it's almost hilarious that this is a film that you know was financed through amazon studios in the u.s it's being released through uh mk2 uh films in canada for a theatrical release uh starting on august the 6th um but it's just almost like this movie would not exist, you know, and especially considering with all the rumors we're hearing with Andrew Dominic's blonde and sort of how Netflix is starting to get cold feet with that movie. But then, yeah. you know, having been very open in the past uh, few years to the Atour filmmaker, whether it be someone like Charlie Kaufman with I'm thinking of ending things and, and, and thinking about that movie and how much of a miracle that that is to get. They've been made. pretty filmmaker friendly when it comes to giving people, you know, full control of making the movie that they want. Yeah. And Amazon studios has been trying to match that a little bit with not only Annette, but something like cold war, for example, and, and cold war, I mean, is a little bit more sort of linear based and sort of its structure and its storytelling and more forward and, and, and how the world works where this is really, you know, swinging how the world for the works, Bo Burnham. We'll talk about yeah, that. <laughs> where, where this is swinging for the fences. And yeah. I, I so admire that. And like, I, even though this, it, this didn't an work ambitious for me, miss is still interesting. Right? Yeah. And like, it's still like, I don't want to deter or be seem critical of them taking the chance to do this because everybody again involved is, is so gifted and have done great work in the past. It just, for some reason coming together, it's like, 
water and and oil it just does not meld it doesn't it doesn't feel mm-hmm. like one thing kind of complements the other it always feels separated to a certain yeah. degree and i get that uh even if i ultimately enjoyed the movie um you know and what it's you know saying and doing but like i agree with you that the music element like it it wore thin on me after a while the movie you know is over two hours it's you know two hours and uh 20 minutes almost right or 10 minutes two hours 20 minutes almost um where there wasn't any one standout you know number right like i feel like may we start which sure which is the the single they put out right to kind of kick things off which is also kind of reminds you a little bit of holy motors where there's this meta quality of Mm -hmm. you know the cast and crew getting ready to perform for the audience as if it were a play but it obviously is is a film but sort of like going into this sort of story that the male brothers have wrote and also composed the score and and songs to and there's just not and not that like a musical necessarily has to have you know hit after hit after no hit. No, no no but you want a couple standout things that you might want to you know think about and go back and listen to after. and to keep you going through yeah. the film but also yeah. like you know, and again, it's not necessarily that it has to do this, but you look at other musicals that it's trying to mimic, whether it be, you know, Ken Russell's uh, The Who movie, Tommy, where, you know, there are songs in that, even though the, I, I'm not the biggest fan of that film either, um, and it's psychedelic qualities, or even, you know, Pink Floyd's The Wall, those soundtracks you can listen to without outside of 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 the film and don't you don't need the context of the movie to enjoy those songs those those songs play on you know classic rock stations all the time and are of pop culture you know history and are embedded in our culture Mm -hmm. so would you have maybe preferred if they took a sparks album and turned it into a musical or i don't don't know i I almost feel that sort of leo's carax's style because if you've seen like he has musical elements in a lot of his movies, you can tell that he's inspired by, you know, Stanley Donnan and, 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 and singing in the rain and, and, and Gene Kelly specifically like the physicality in Denny Levant's performance in, in one sequence in Mavis's song where, you know, it's scored to uh, modern love by David Bowie. And then obviously Francis Haw kind of mimics that or pays tribute to that uh, as well. And then even with, Holy Motors, there's a really beautiful, elegant sequence with Kylie Minogue and yeah. Danny Levant where it becomes a musical <laughs> for a moment. And, you know, you you remember that moment because it's it's only the one sort of sequence, but it's so beautifully performed and and directed. And this movie has a couple moments here and there and has some sort of oddities that we can't maybe talk too much about but can point that okay that this is what makes it sort of unique or defines what it is and sort of it being a whimsical musical that again is sort of using artifice in a way that a lot of stage musicals even of the 19 you know 40s and 50s were were using up into the 60s where like at the end of the 60s you started to get a little bit more psychedelic and you know you're not looking for 
you know, a Rocky Horror Picture Show where like almost like every song mm-hmm. on that soundtrack is a banger. You know, mm-hmm. you're 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 looking just for something that little will... shop of horrors I just watched. Exactly. Yeah. That's another or even Streets of Fire, where like that's bookended by two amazing Jim Stein and written songs. You know, speaking of Meatloaf being in Rocky Horror Picture Show and, and, sure, and yeah. you know, kind of the, the theatrical quality, there's just there's not a lot there. And then even with the sort of diegetic moments and and the non-diegetic moments there's yeah it's hard to hear what the actors are saying specifically adam driver who yeah. just is is giving it his all the the physicality in his performance but I not think, a is great strong. singer but i i don't think he needed to be but, but neither was ryan gosling in, in yeah. la la land and, and ryan got like that move like that movie you know is an homage and 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 sort of a a great tribute to a certain style of musicals. And I feel that Damien Chazelle really pulled that off. Now that was, you know, his project right from the ground and he built it up even, you know, working with Josh Horowitz in terms of the composer kind of creating the music with embedding that in the screenplay. This kind of feels like, okay, this, this was the Sparks brothers, you know, this was, this was the male brothers, um, you know, Sparks, their baby from the beginning. And it almost felt like maybe Leo's cracks is the wrong director for something like that. And even though Leo's cracks can be whimsical, the movie almost looks like a Jean Colette, not Jean Colette, Sarah, pardon me, but uh, (laughs) a Jean-Pierre Genet movie. A lot of the times where, you know, like Amelie and things like that, where like, even like the, the, the green kind of hue coming off of the jackets or, or the textures of, and I I liked the production design with like some of it, feeling like it's a stage performance and some of it being an actual set like and even the way that you know the camera will go into the set and then it turns into a actual set piece and and things like that like i don't know like i i like the look of the movie and um i totally understand everything that you're saying i agree with you with you know adam driver i think he's i like him he's a charismatic guy i like his you know bo burnham esque comedy shtick and that high art versus you know uh, Low uh, and high deco- uh, de- coming together yeah. in a relationship and just the dissection of celebrity relationships and just celebrity in general. And there's these great kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, these things that give you exposition with showbiz news that are these really corny kind of TMZ-esque, maybe not TMZ, but like, you know, e-news kind of things that come through and give you the kind of exposition you need between their relationship to kind of move the time along. And those are, are weirdly like they look totally shitty looking and things like that but that's the intention in those but then they're also like and they're lyrically really read yeah. as well in a funny yeah. way that actually kind of works but again it it never feels like a real version even though you know that it is sending up things like access hollywood and you know totally entertainment yeah. tonight and things like that and then like you know talking about sort of just like the main story or what the plot is you have mm. you know we you mentioned with sort of the high and lowbrow kind of coming together where you have adam driver as this abrasive comedian that is more sort of less like Bo Burnham is more thoughtful even though sort of he is thanked in the, I would say the style as how he's performing right. not necessarily what it's about but yeah. he's almost but but uh, Henry McHenry, uh, yeah. as, as as he's as he's referred to, and is his character's name, uh, driver's character's name. He's he's closer almost to like a provocateur in the sense of like, you know, uh, uh, a flavor of the month kind of uh, comedian. Whether it be someone like Andrew Dice Clay in the in the late eighties, early nineties, or someone like that, that is meant to kind of 
really rile up the audience and and you know has no sense of of a filter and it, it gets away with everything but but even in that like we were talking you were talking about in the free guy review that like some of the video game jargon and the way that yeah. it's written sounds like your dad wrote it because he doesn't really understand that and like some of yeah. the writing from the comedic point of view doesn't sound all that provocative or you know, uh, abrasive. It, 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 it almost, the more movie s- makes it out to be way more than it is. Yeah, yeah. And I almost feel that like, it should have been a little bit more raw or ed- edgy in that kind of, again, Lenny Bruce kind of way that it, it wants to go with. And, and, in the, um, you know, the credits, you do see that Adam driver thanked both Bill Burr and Chris rock and even their comedic style, maybe, maybe more so Bill Burr because he can kind of be, um, a little bit more subversive and, and has that kind of like, uh, I don't care attitude when when he's you know performing or you know having a conversation but it just didn't really match the character's personality and the way that he was being described by everybody else especially sort of like presenting a me too kind of moment within the film and it just kind of felt like he wasn't as awful a person as he was made out to be like the character. And maybe that's also partly just because Adam driver is a, is a charismatic, likable guy, but there is that quality of, you know, the comedian being the self-deprecating sad sack who, you know, will take everybody, uh, you know, that's closest with him down with him. And, and he begins this relationship with this opera singer played by Marion Cotillard and sort of their relationship in this romantic whirlwind of, you know, again, high and low art kind of meeting. Both just taking their careers very, very seriously too. And, and both at yeah. sort of like a peak and, yeah. and, and there's, you know, I talked to you about this when, you know, at the go train this morning, it, it's very much in the same vein as like Darren Aronofsky, when he was in college, he talked about having a script for a, a relationship drama between a ballerina and a wrestler and wanting to sort of take, again, the idea of, you know, what's considered high art and what's considered sort of the lowest, you know, denominator yeah. and, and, yeah. and sort of putting those together. Professional thankfully, wrestling. Yeah. Thankfully he split those two movies up and made them their own thing. But you can see that in this script where you have those two sort of professions, which are both considered entertainment, but it would almost be like in the, if we were to do it like in a, a, a true North American setting or even modern, it would almost be like having a jackass character dating, you know, some sort yeah. of like big name movie star. Who's, I would love that. That's a good idea. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> which wouldn't be dissimilar from what this is, is, is doing, but uh-huh. it never really kind of clicks with the music, even though, like I, I never felt like anything was bad. I just didn't feel like anything kind of really popped in any really special way. And, and I agree with you. And I think it wore thin, although it kept me engaged throughout. Like I, I will say, like um, the "We Love Each Other So Much" song. I it's early enough in the in the musical that I I did laugh at it just because like I felt like that was kind of sparks kind of doing the self-aware kind of thing and poking fun at musicals and dissecting them kind of thing. The literal, um, like the literal, like are literally feeling. Yes. And we kind of pointed that out in the Heights a lot, uh, but that's doing it in a genuine way or even in a musical, a classic musical where the two characters would have a song, you know, professing their love to one another uh, and actually describing, you know, why they love each other and things like that. Where in this it's literally just repeating the words we love each other so much over and over again. And it kind of, it's that kind of humor that, that did work for me. Although I do think it wears thin pretty quickly and I couldn't tell you, you know, what some of the other 
music is and and that's coming from someone who did like the movie right um i do think a couple musical moments without like and i don't know how much we want to get into the titular annette and how much we want to like talk about i think we should kind of leave it because i don't think like that character has been brought up a whole lot in like the press you know material there is some stuff i wanted to touch on with that but i i can leave it but But there is a metaphorical um, quality to it and also might be gone you know the fantastical elements of childhood sort of there's a metaphor there with the title of annette and and how the movie kind of portrays that character so there is a character named um, I have um, no idea if Eric's coming back. Yeah, oh, he you, might be back. Yeah, I'm back. We, I'm back. So I ta- I went into that. You were alluding to that. We cut. You went met, and then you didn't get to your metaphor kind of thing that you were. So the say, me- but... the metaphor quality of you know returning to classic yeah. childhood literature and storytelling stuff that's been done sure. in you know I was going to reference a movie or a, or a story right, but, and I'm and yeah. I'm and I'm tiptoeing around the specific yeah. thing, but like the idea of using that as the jumping off point and then again using it as a metaphor and and sort of mm. creating this sort of visual that is sometimes funny and disarming and then also you kind of question like okay well how does this work within the rest of the world and is, is there other characters that see the same but way you that these get, characters and do and they kind of you know eventually reveal all that and i i do think that when they get into you know just exploitation of yourself exploitation of a child and things like that like i think there's is some interesting stuff there and i like that visual metaphor and kind of how that all comes together and i think there's a really great um you know musical number near the end of the movie that i actually genuinely thought was pretty good between adam driver and and another uh, uh person i'll just say and i thought that young person was very very good in that in that one moment and that's the musical stuff i remember is that moment near the end of the movie so it left me going i really enjoyed that and i think i left on a high note to be you know ha. um <laughs> and then uh i do really like simon helberg's one moment he's, he plays a conductor in the film and he has this one sequence where he's breaking the fourth wall and kind of talking to the camera while he's uh it's a three an orchestra degree sort yeah. of angle where like it's it's rotating around him as he as he can and every time it kind of goes in front of his face he speaks to the camera giving exposition and kind of explaining where the story's at at that externalizing everything like the way that you talked about like how characters you know profess their emotions externally instead of internalizing what they're feeling everything is 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 on the surface so yes so he he's literally doing that but then as the camera's kind of going around and it's going to you know go behind him he goes okay one second and then he he conducts this orchestra and um that moment i felt was really striking to me and I, i did actually that's the one musical moment it's not necessarily a song but it was the one stylish moment in the movie that stuck with me and i really liked simon helberg in that moment and then he plays a bigger role in the in the you know latter half of the movie um and i kind of liked him for someone i hate big bang theory like i i hate that show um but i like him you know in this and uh, yeah, he I like pops that up moment. in a lot of stuff in supporting roles or small roles whether it be the coen brothers a serious man or even florence foster jenkins the meryl streep movie that Walk i know hard the dewey cox story right but but the thing i didn't love about him and and again maybe this is more of a script thing and maybe it's the point is that the first time we're introduced to him he almost feels like he's in a different movie entirely and like he's just been kind of like interjected for a moment and like it's 
I get like it's doing a fly on the wall kind of thing and like introducing this character, but I almost wish that he was introduced, as you're mentioning, during that moment of conducting and doing the 360 degree angle and sort of adding a new character into you didn't need him earlier right yeah Yeah. and it's just weird that he's there and it's almost like a sort of weird one-off and you're kind of like well why is why is this guy who we haven't been properly introduced singing about being a conductor but wanting to be more and then later on when he gets his big moment in that scene it kind of weirdly takes away a little bit of the 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 mystique and the magic of how it's all kind of shot and 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 directed because again like yeah he he's he's good in the movie in the sense that you know he's he knows the kind of film that he's playing into he's projecting to the rest of the orchestra which is a very theatrical kind of quality in 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 stage actors um but i just kind of felt like it almost he should have been introduced at that moment because I think it would have made an even bigger impact where it's like okay now this movie's really kind of playing Who is with this the narrative guy? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly because he kind of reiterates everything he said in that Earlier, first time yeah. that he was introduced in a kind of I agree with that cumbersome kind of way and it just kind of again feels like oh like he you know he didn't need to be there but again I, I guess it's kind of saying like you know this relationship between these two characters isn't necessarily as solid as you would think, or there was something there before, you know, driver came on, on the scene, but yeah, yeah, I I do like that scene as well. I, I I do like some of those moments, even though I do think that some of the movie does look a little too digital at times, or at least kind of like fly on the wall, kind of like we shot this, you know, we, we had multiple cameras and maybe some of them were like GoPros or, or, or sure. consumer cameras as we were shooting with some of the better ones to kind of get sort of, you know, oblique angles and things like that. But um, yeah, there was just something about it that like it goes on and on and on. And yeah. for every moment that is kind of intriguing or kind of gets you on board, it soon evaporated for me. It just kind of felt like, okay, I I'm, I'm not really not even on an emotional level. I'm just not, I'm not engaged by the material. And again, like that opening, like that opening scene, I really do like, but it also is the same exact scene that Norman Jewison did with Jesus Christ superstar, where you have the cast coming, you know, down the hill into the literally start the musical yeah, yeah. and getting off that bus and taking like the costumes and, and pieces of the set and getting ready to perform. And like that, was made it's in the fun, 1970s. But it's done before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. And and I I totally agree with you on the length and I feel like it does lose steam as it goes on. I think it got me again with the Simon Helberg moment that I'm talking about and then got me with the final one of the final songs or it, it might be the final song other than the credits one. Um so it left me on a good note. Um <laughs> I keep doing it. Um uh but yeah, I don't know, man. Like it, it I think it's not as weird as I wanted it to be, which is, I know something we talked about and you kind of alluded to, um, and talked about, um, but it was weird enough that I still think when someone sees an Adam driver, Marion Cotillard musical on Amazon, they're going to throw this on and go, what the hell is this? Right. (laughs) And like, so I think for your average viewer, it's still going to be one of the weirdest things that they, they put on this year. But for maybe me and you who, I mean, you're a big Leo Carax fan. I'm, I, I like Holy Motors a lot. And that movie is much weirder than this one and more experimental and just strange. Um, 
this is weirdly not conventional, but feels sort of conventional. Well, especially uh, coming from to, from the males, because yeah. you know their whole career, a big part of their career, their prolific, you know, fifth, almost five decades in the in the music industry, even more so now at this point, um, is that they were always sort of ahead of the curve. They were yeah. always a little bit ahead of their time uh, when it came to like introducing synthesizers into you know their records in in the late nineteen seventies. Before that was you know a, a staple in nineteen eighties music production and things like that. And this kind of feels a little bit more pedestrian for them. And in that, like the things that are strange are there, but they're never fully explored deeper than just presenting some interesting visuals and notions that never really kind of feel like, Oh, that's like as weird as you know, their, their music was, or as cutting edge as their music was. It just kind of, it, it goes with the flow and the flow kind of, you know, never kind of it's weirdly apathetic in a certain way where like i kind of felt completely cut off by it and i was never able to jump in and and sort of enjoy it even though like again like a lot of the references to like even you know bands that they loved growing up with with the kinks and stuff like that like it's just it just kind of feels a little bit too obtuse at times and and you know, maybe this, we talked about the green Knight sort of being a movie that kind of walks that fine line between, you know, late 1970s, early eighties fantasy movies and sort of taking the, the sort of modern technology and being made in the present. This kind of feels the same way where like a lot of those psychedelic musicals that were being made in the late 1970s were a product of their time and benefited being made in that moment, whether it even be something like Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise, you know, this kind of feels like, okay, maybe if this was made in the 1970s and had certain restrictions based on the time, maybe it would have worked better or, or been more of an interesting sort of artifact. This doesn't, have those qualities it doesn't really feel like anything uh, even as a curiosity it's more so like yeah okay adam driver's in this weird movie where you know it for for a mainstream audience member thinking you know oh kylo ren's in in an art house musical directed by a french filmmaker it doesn't it doesn't really feel as weird as it thinks it is which is unfortunate I agree. Uh, for the most part, like I, I still think I enjoyed it more than you. Like uh, again, I think its length is its biggest thing. I think what you were saying with some of the musical numbers being, you know, there's nothing that other than those few moments that I stand out in a two and a half hour musical. Like I get what you're saying. I I do think it did keep me engaged with you know having a a strong start and then having you know the Simon Helberg moment in the middle and then that end sequence and I. I, I wish I could talk more about some of the stuff I liked with the Annette character. Uh, but we did allude to a little bit of that, but ultimately like it, it, it did work for me, if not overstate its welcome a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go three based on what we reviewed other things today. I'm going to go with a bummer of a summer of the sparks two out of five. Sometimes it just doesn't work, man. And that's okay. That's okay. Where will this rank in our 
most anticipated films of 2021 ranking, you can head over to Letterboxd to go see that. Uh, I will throw that up there once this review is up. Uh, we will be doing a ranking based on what our uh, review scores are um, for our most anticipated films and kind of ranking them to our expectations kind of of like, how did they hold up based on, you know, what we were most anticipated for this year. So head over to letterbox untitled podcast, all of our rankings and stuff are over there. All of our reviews, all of our schedules, everything's over there. So go check that out. Uh, if you like this, we have more reviews over on this channel that we would love for you guys to check out. We just posted reviews for free guy, as well as the suicide squad suicide squad i always do this where i'm like what did we just record before this my brain is mush i got four hours of sleep last night um we also have reviews up for david lowry's the green knight we have a jungle cruise review uh still water uh zola um uh the you fear know, street every, trilogy everyone who's a, a big leo carax fan i know you'll love gi joe origins um so that would be a, interesting to see like leo carax direct like a big uh, sort of studio <laughs> ip oh yeah that would be good um m night Shyamalan's old uh escape room tournament of champions we've been busy lately f9 a quiet place part two uh, tons and tons of reviews we just passed 250 of them uh over on the untitled movie reviews channel I don't know who is knocking at my door aggressively and ringing the doorbell. Uh, the 97th draft uh, is available right now with Tim Geddes. You guys can check that out uh, as well as untitled movie conversations. Uh, I got to get this door. So uh, follow me at Matt Rohrbeck. Eric, take it away. Uh, I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinema scene and on the social medias at EM6211. Uh, until next time. May we start.